You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale. And today's guest is someone that I've, I've watched actually here in my hometown for quite a few years. And I kind of feel like a stalker because he really didn't know I was watching what he was doing. Um, but uh, nonetheless, I was watching him leverage what I'd be considered to, uh, to be a, a really underutilized uh, online marketing platform and, and kind of a social network um, to grow his business. Uh, but uh, you know, once I started chatting with this, this gentleman, our guest today, you know, to really understand how he's leveraged this platform, you kind of need to understand the big picture of his overall marketing strategy, which he has named the ACE formula, a formula he's actually agreed to share with us here today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to an entrepreneur, an internet marketer, the founder of the Internet Masterminds Meetup and webfriendly.ca, Matt Astefan to the show. Matt, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. Now, to kick things off, what I like to do is just get a little bit of your background story. How did you how did you get online? How did you become a digital entrepreneur and, you know, what's your what was your journey to get where you are today? And originally, I, you know, I was into film. I was really big into film and to like art direction. I actually used to work in uh, in big movies. I was an art director and a props master. And uh, then there was this writer strike and there was like no work in the film industry for months and I was going broke. At the time, a real estate market was booming in Vancouver, so my friends uh, were all becoming realtors, convinced me to get my real estate license. Then I spent a year trying to sell real estate and actually just going broke and had over $30,000 in debt by the end of the year. Uh, it was a really horrible time for me. So <laughs> at the end of the year, I remember it was like, you know, just around Halloween, I was just around this time. Uh, and um, I went to my managing broker and I was like, hey, I'm broke. I got no sales experience, no marketing experience. Like, what should I do? And he's like, you're young. You should go and learn this internet marketing stuff. You know, he's like an older guy. He has no idea how to how to even work his email. And so I that week before, I just met someone who who had left Microsoft. He was on the MSN team as a big SEO guy, and he was telling me about SEO. And I was like, is that legal? Like, you know, I had no <laughs> idea. And so I went back to him. I was like, hey, can you teach me more about this SEO stuff? And then we ended up working together for two years, and I was just selling SEO and websites. And then I just started using social media pretty casually. And I just really liked reading Mashable and TechCrunch and just staying on top of the news and social media. And then after, you know, around the time that Ashton Kusher got on Twitter and Justin Bieber got on Twitter, then everyone was like, well, what's Twitter? How do you use Twitter? And I started teaching these workshops on social media, uh, which then led to a meetup. And uh, kind of, you know, seven years later, here I am. And, and so today in your business, you have like you have different sort of certification programs, stuff like that. Just give me a big picture. What does that look so like? So what we did is originally I was teaching business owners how to manage their social media, but the thing was always the same. After every workshop, can you just do it for me, right? And either you know they didn't have the budget to hire me, or you know I just had too many clients at one point where I couldn't take on any more clients. And I actually had someone who you know I'd been kind of friends with who was also a social media consultant. Um, they wanted to come to my workshop and they asked if it was okay because they thought they're my competition and therefore I you know I wouldn't want them in the workshop. And I was like, yeah, of course you can come, you know. And then and then I realized it. I was like, it would be great to just have more social media consultants. If I could just teach social media consultants all the stuff I'm learning, it's actually funner because. 
I can speak a bit more advanced level. I can use more jargon. It, it's funner to teach people who kind of know what I'm talking about already. Um, and then we kind of repositioned our program uh, to just help people who are either starting or enhancing their career in social media. And that's the reason we put the certificate together. Um, and the certificate is based on people actually getting results. So they have to actually get five clients or make $2,500 within five weeks. And they have to do that through social media, right? And, um, and that really, because once someone had that, it's kind of like they had proof that they kind of know what they're doing because there's a lot of social media consultants out there that mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, just last year, we put together the SEO director program. Um, I had my friend Rob Green uh, actually instruct that program, and that program just sold out so fast. It was awesome. Uh, and, uh, and then we've been doing this meetup, the Internet Masterminds meetup, uh, for now we're on to our sixth year, I think, since 2009. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it every Monday night. And then uh, last year, I launched a, a membership site that houses all the videos from our meetups as well. Oh wow! And and how many meetups have you done over the past? Oh man, we've done it's like well over two hundred uh, meetups. I, I actually it actually says on the meetup there's a meetup counter. I think it's two hundred fifty or something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Now I started taking summers off and Christmas off, so I calculate I do thirty six meetups a year. Is what we're doing. Wow, that's yeah. fantastic. And and we're going to dig into that as well because I think Meetup is a, a platform that is so underutilized in business specifically. Oh, so much, yeah. So now I mean I have a ton of questions for you and but I know a lot of this is going to be answered when we dig into uh your ACE formula. So, you know, let's let's just jump in and start there. Let's you know, it. what is the ACE formula? Why should anyone starting a business online be paying attention to this formula? Well, basically, the ACE formula is about building an audience, getting conversion to that audience, and then continuously engaging the audience. So that's what ACE stands for, audience, conversions, and engagement. And I, I just think that anytime I approach any social network, I'm always looking at, okay, how do I build the audience, right? So I'm looking at different strategies, what are other people doing, right? Every, every social network is the same. You just follow this one formula. How do, you, how do you build that audience? And you look at, okay, how are you going to actually convert this audience long term? How is it going to work? Are you going to be sending them to your website, to your squeeze page? Are you going to be direct messaging them right through the platform? Are you going to be uploading images and so on that you know, would uh, maybe attract them? So there's a lot of different ways that we can actually convert um, our, our audience into actual paying customers and doing it in an authentic way that's not going to come across spammy because you know, with social media, if you're just going in just straight for the sale, usually doesn't work. Um, and then it's the engagement aspect, uh, which I think is important and, uh, and kind of you know, also helps build your brand. I'm, I'm a direct response marketer and, and I don't believe in just, you know, spending tens of thousands of dollars on branding. But mm-hmm. I think that if you have a good engagement strategy, that does create your brand, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so you got sort of three components. You got audience, you got conversions, you got engagement. So let's, let's start with audience and, uh, and talk about audience in terms of social networks and, and, and in terms of meetup, right? So when somebody comes to you and says, okay, uh, I need to build my audience on Facebook, you know, where do I start? You know, what do I do? I mean, what, or even social as a whole, where do you point them? Well, the thing is that people always look at people who have, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of followers and say, I want to be like him. Mm -hmm. But the truth is that even if you have a thousand followers and if you can actually picture a thousand people in the room or if you're on stage in front of a thousand people, it's a lot of people. 
And it's not like you're just going on stage one time to go and talk to them one time, right? When you're building up your audience, whether it's start with 100, 200, 500, you can very quickly get to 1,000 people following you and you're constantly engaging them, you know, week over week, month over month, and then it goes into years, right? Um, you know, that's what's really going to build an audience. You don't need large numbers. You actually need to start with a small number of quality people that are going to see you on a regular basis and engage with you on a regular basis. So I think, you know, I always tell people, if nobody knew how many fans you had or how many followers you had, would you care? Because most people come to me and ask me, hey, I want to grow my fan base, right? I want to, can you help me get more fans? I'm like, but why do you want more fans? What you really want is more conversions, right? Um, so so that's, a, that's the approach that I would take is just not to think about big numbers, but think about how to get your first thousand you know, true followers and connections that are going to uh, stay connected with you over the next few years. Yeah, you know, and and I want to highlight that point too because I mean, it, it you know, I've been in the internet marketing space for about sixteen years now, and I mean, you know, in the early days, it was you know who had the biggest email list, right? Now, yeah. now obviously that's expanded, and it's who's got the most Twitter followers, the most Facebook, you know, likes and stuff like that, and and. It, you know, historically over my career, I, I can't tell you how often I've seen a business where you've got a guy who has a list of, you know, 3,000 people, but it's such a good quality list with such strong engagement, they will make more off that list annually than somebody with a list of 50,000 people. That- uh, absolutely. You know how they say, like, for every subscriber you have, you should be able to make at least a dollar per month from that, right? Like, so yeah. a list of 1,000 people, $1,000, 10,000 people, $10,000. Um, I was at one point, I had a list of, I think, about 1,200 people, and I was pulling in on average about $10,000 a month just from 1,200 people on a list, right? So, and because they were just very highly engaged um, with the meetup, they were always seeing me in person as well, which is also, also building a lot of trust. I'm always updating my Facebook about things that I'm doing and what I'm up to. I'm not a mysterious person, right? I'm a very open person online. Um, and it helped to get that conversion and, and by building that engagement, right? So, and that's huge. And, and so you just, you just brought something up and let's go down this vein because, you know, I'm intrigued by it as well. And, and that is the meetup, um, platform. Okay. So for everybody listening, if you've never used meetup.com, meetup.com is, it, it's pretty much worldwide now. Every country I'm in, I'm always looking at the different meetups that are there. And it's a place where people can go and find groups of people in just about every niche imaginable that have a common groups. You know, I belong to meetups for mountain bikers, for cyclists, for marketers, stuff like that. And people get together regularly. Now, Matt, you have the Internet Mastermind Meetup, and that is here in Vancouver. And how many members are in that group now? So the Internet Mastermind, I actually checked with Meetup on this. It's actually the largest internet marketing meetup on meetup.com. Um, the other, the largest group on Meetup is in New York. And last time I checked, they had, I think, fifteen or 16,000 members. And they actually rent like auditoriums for their meetups and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now, I think we're at uh, just shy of 6,000 members. And on average, we're getting between 80 to 100 people showing up at each one of our meetups. That's incredible. And, and just, you know, when you think about that, um, in Vancouver, Vancouver itself, I mean, we're both from Vancouver. It's not a huge market when you compare it to a major center. Oh, big time, yeah. You know, even compared to, say, a Toronto or compared to cities like, you know, the Sydneys, the Singapore's, the LA. So, so yeah. I mean, that, that's incredible. Now, um, first of all, what drew you to meetup.com? So, it's actually kind of funny what happened with meetup. So, I was... 
a Twitter addict in, mm-hmm. back in 2009. And on Twitter, someone posted a link to a meetup about WordPress. And I just learned about what WordPress was, and I was kind of interested to learn about it. I had been selling PHP websites, like custom-coded websites. And then mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, why don't we just sell these WordPress sites? It's so much easier. So I was kind of curious, went to this meetup, met two other guys there, and then... Um, I had just been uh, uh, gifted um, Traffic Secrets 2.0, all right, and uh, you know, old school. Do you ever, do you ever watch that one? Try it rings a bell. Who? Traffic Secrets was uh, what's his name? Um, oh man. John. John, John Reese, yeah. It was John Reese, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Right, so it was like yeah. the first million-dollar launch, right? Like the first yeah. time that someone made a million dollars online with an info product. So I learned all of this later. But anyway, so someone gave me these discs. It's like 12 discs all about, you know, internet marketing. And so I met these other two guys, and I mentioned I, I got these discs. And I'm like, oh, you know. And so they're like, oh, why don't we start a mastermind, and we'll start, uh, we'll start uh, watching these videos. So the three of us, actually one of the guys showed up, we had four of us spent the weekend and our plan was to just watch the entire thing and then mastermind about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up just talking the whole time. We watched maybe two of the discs and just kind of brainstormed. And then uh, that was over the weekend. Then the following uh, Monday, one of the guys made an ad on Craigslist and said, hey, we want to start an internet marketing uh, meetup and uh, who would be interested to, to join us. And so then he got a response from some other guy who had been who already started this internet marketing meetup, and then he invited him, and then he invited me, and then we both went on this Monday night, seven o'clock, and we just showed up in this hair salon where everyone was meeting, <laughs> and uh, I walked in. I was kind of late, I remember, and and people were standing up and doing what they call introductions. So everyone had thirty seconds just to stand up, say who they are, what they did, whatever. And then we watched videos from internet marketers, and that night we were watching a Frank Kern video. I had no idea who Frank Kern was at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the energy in the room. And like actually I look back on that day, which ended up being like that was like their biggest event that they had done prior to me showing up there. There was probably like 50 or 60 people inside this place. Mm-hmm. And it's like all the internet marketers in Vancouver that I know today were all there that night. Like, you know, it was like it's, it's kind of weird to think about like all the friends that I hang out with now and all that. Like everyone was there that night, right? Yeah. It's really weird, right? So so anyway, so then it was like every Monday night, just there was no meetup, there was no nothing. It just people knew Monday night, seven o'clock, to show up there, and then we were doing this for a few weeks, and then it slowly started to die down and die down. And then one week, the guys who were organizing just didn't show up, and no, no, no one said anything, nobody knew anything, and then no one knew what to do. And then uh, I put up my hand, and then, like everyone's kind of confused, like what to do. And then I put up my hand and said, uh, "I just saw this uh, video by Gary Vaynerchuk. I can play it for you guys." And they're like, <laughs> "Okay." So I went on my Twitter. I found the link that I shared on Twitter, and I played them this Gary Vaynerchuk video. At the time, nobody knew who Gary Vaynerchuk was, and, and yeah. they're like, "Oh my god, social media is amazing!" And they're like, "Can you teach us more?" And so then the next week, I did my very first public speaking presentation, which was on Twitter. And I actually got my friend to do it with me because I was scared I would freeze up. <laughs> and then it just kind of went from there. And then like maybe a few weeks after that, I actually created a meetup group. And I remember the WordPress meetup group I went to. So like, hey, we'll make a meetup. And then we named it Internet Masterminds. And then it just kept on growing from there. Okay. So and so now today, there's over 5,000 members. You've done over 200 meetups. Now, so you kind of inherited a bit of a platform as your jumping start. Now, how? Here's my big question: Is how have you leveraged the meetup to now grow your business? How do you? 
I guess, monetize those relationships and, and use it as a, a, a platform. I mean, we, we all talk about, you know, Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that, which is very online, which you can, you know, you can advertise, you can gauge, stuff like that. Meetup is really a social platform to get people to meet up offline. So, so it's a little different. So I can tell you my, my little bit of a secret on the meetup. My goal is to make sure I don't make any money from that meetup. And what I mean by that is we charge at the door. Originally, originally it was free, then it was mm-hmm. $5, then it was $10, and now it's $10 online or $20 at the door. Okay? Yeah. And I can tell you that there's not a lot of revenue from door funds. Okay? It's mm-hmm. definitely not going to be worth anyone's time um, to work on revenue from the door funds, right? Like I'm making maybe $500 a month, right? Like it's not <laughs> nothing crazy. Um, uh, sorry, it's more like $1,000 a month or something, right? So what I do is with that funds, I just make the, the, the meetup events and the experience just cooler and cooler. Um, so there's nights where people come to the meetup and then we all go to the bar and I buy everybody drinks and I spend the door fund to buy everybody drinks. Um, now I'm you know, really big on only getting speakers who I really want to learn from. So I'm talking to speakers about getting people to fly in, paying for their hotels just to bring on really cool speakers. Mm-hmm. So it's all about just creating that dynamic, that experience. Um, right now we've been kind of going at capacity at our location that we're at right now. So I'm actually today, I'm actually going out and I'm scouting new locations for the new year and I want to get a nicer venue with a stage, all that. And what I always remind myself is it's not about profiting off of the door funds or, or off of the meetup itself from, from that money. That just goes back into growing the meetup and making it a great experience for the people who come. The way that I made money is just about the connections that I made, honestly, the friends that I made and uh, the business that kind of grows from the networking of the people. I mean, you're in front of everybody every night and we're bringing in about I calculate at one point about 350 unique people per month is kind of my, my guesstimate, right? Uh, people who are coming in and seeing me and uh, obviously I'm, I'm always hosting and then I'm the one bringing on other experts. There's definitely power of association involved in that. People trust me um, with referrals. Anyone's trying to hire a web developer or a designer or an internet marketer, I get tons of members message me and say, who should I hire? And then they'll trust my opinion on that. I'm doing a little bit of affiliate marketing here and there and just tons of referrals uh, that I get for my workshops, for my training, corporate training, uh, consulting that I do. It just all just happens, right? Because when you're in front of people that much, you build up a whole bunch of trust and things just start happening. Business just starts coming at you. And, you know, I kind of want to highlight a point here. And this is where I think... um I mean, you've made a really smart move and more and more businesses, particularly online businesses can benefit from this. And that's that human touch element. And, you know, I I run events and I speak at conferences. I just came back from, you know, doing events in Sydney, Melbourne, Singapore, Malaysia. And, you know, people ask, well, why would you do an event like that? Or particularly even a low cost or a free event. And the fact is, is when you can get in front of people and you can connect with them in person, it creates such a powerful connection that as much as you want to try and create it online, it's, it's never quite the same. And, you know, this is the interesting the thing I find fascinating about Meetup is it allows you to use that social element, that sort of platform online, but then bring people offline, which is, which is really cool. And I, one of the points I want to highlight that you said there, because I think it's brilliant, is not profiting from the Meetup itself. Mm-hmm. And I, because I, you know, I've been part of meetups, not in, 
in the in the internet marketing space, ironically, I don't know why, but I haven't been. But the meetups I've been part of in different sort of niches, when somebody says, hey, we've got a big following, uh, let's try and turn this into a business and make it profitable, the meetups typically implode on themselves. Yeah, it doesn't work because people are going to get that feeling like you're just trying to make money off them, that kind of thing. Like I'm always trying to give back, and even like on our Christmas party, I bought iPads and I was giving away iPads and you know whatever, right? Uh, well, actually, I had a friend of mine a long time ago where he kind of made a joke, but he was kind of also kind of serious, and it was kind of like to do really good marketing, you got to make people think you're cool, right? And yep. it was kind of like a joke, but it was like at the same time, like again, like we're kind of serious about it. And like I kind of took it and it's like kind of it's true. It's like, you know, as a personal brand and in the marketing you're doing it, even as a company, right? Yeah. You want people to think you're really cool. So what can you do? I mean, if you're getting ten dollars at the door, I mean now you've you know, maybe have three, four hundred dollars, you gotta pay for the venue and you know, that kind of stuff. But what can you do with that extra two or three hundred dollars just to make everybody think you're awesome? You know? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I kind of approached it. I actually I actually learned that. Uh, a few years back, I mean, I've always kind of done it, but I didn't know that I was doing it. But I really learned it from a rapper. And I'm into rap music. I, I like all kinds of music, but I like rap music. And I got introduced to a rapper named Wiz Khalifa. Uh, I don't know if anyone's listening, listens to rap, you might know him. And I was surprised when I heard about him because uh, someone told me, oh, I think you'd like this rapper. So I, you know, I started listening to his music. And all he rapped about was how rich he was, how much weed he smoked, and <laughs> how many girls he banked, right? And uh, I was like, who is this guy? Like, apparently, he's really rich. I've never heard of him before, right? So I Googled him, and I found out he's actually the 11th. This is back in 2011. He was the, the 11th richest rapper, right? And he was just tied with Ludacris. And Ludacris is famous, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is Wiz Khalifa so rich? So I Googled, why is Wiz Khalifa so rich? And I found out that he got rich from touring. He tours more than any other rapper. He gets in front of his audience more than any other rapper, and he sells tickets. Yep. And that's what made him the 11th richest rapper. I believe now he's number eight. And now I think he's a lot more popular now as well. All right, but that kind of like stuck with me. It was like this guy who is, you know, he had talent, right? Just kept getting in front of his audience, and he worked the hardest, right? And I think that's what it's about. And and uh, yeah, and and I totally agree. Um, I, I mean, that's why I still do live events. I mean, when you can connect with people and get in front of your audience, it, it's a it's a powerful way to really create strong connection. So. All right, so you use Meetup, but I mean, obviously, Meetup's just one platform that you use. Um, what are your other preferred social platforms when you're working with businesses? Well, you know, Facebook's something that everyone's going to be using. I think yeah. that's um, that's a given. Um, but besides Facebook, and Facebook is like the big thing that I do there as well. It's like grow an audience, you want to engage that audience, and you want to convert that audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, using ads, that sort of thing, but. What I think is going to be big is going to be um, Instagram is getting into being a lot better for businesses. They're just now rolling out ads that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think anything that's going to be happening with what happened with, with Instagram and now with um, Snapchat is that the reason why these companies are so valuable is because they have a young audience and that audience is going to grow with that network. So over the next decade, you know, the people who are using it, you know, for example, Snapchat is known to have a younger audience and Instagram as well. You got, you know, young 20-ish kind of people on there mostly. Um, or maybe early 30s, right? We're all going to grow up, and and then it's going to become more of like a business platform, which is kind of what happened with Facebook because you see mm-hmm. it now. You know, when we first got on it, it was college kids, but all those college kids are now growing up and now into business, and that's why it's such a powerful business platform. Um, so that's kind of what I'm paying attention to is kind of 
it's so much easier, you know, to grow like you know, when you first got on Facebook, when we all first had Facebook, it was so easy to grow an audience on Facebook. You know, you could just send friend requests to everybody and people would accept, for example, right? Now they'll cut you off, you know, once you send like 20 friend requests, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with groups, you know, you could just add people into your group and people were having groups of 30, 40, 50,000 people, right? Then they made Facebook pages. And when Facebook pages came out, when you first ran ads, you were getting like a fraction of, of a penny likes, you know, so whenever there's a network that's new that just comes out, you want to grow your audience as soon as possible, as early as you can. Um, it, the the cost of growing an audience, whether it be time or money, um, is getting getting more and more as time progresses. So same thing, Google Plus came out, logged in, created my account, and like, bam, I've got a thousand followers on on Google Plus right overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so with all these platforms that are coming out, you want to get in there right away, figure it out, and grow your audience as early as possible. And then wait, watch, and see what happens with it. And, and if, that, if that network sticks around, that audience is going to grow. And in the next 10 years, you're going to have a legitimate platform for marketing your business. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and um, that, that's a really important message for everybody listening. You know, being an early adopter for these platforms allows you to build an audience fast and cheap. Waiting till it's already accepted and big is not, is not the cheap way to do it, unfortunately. Now... Uh, one, one network that you mentioned that you loved but haven't mentioned when it comes to platforms today, and that's Twitter. Man, Twitter. So <laughs> I would love to just sit down with Jack Dorsey and just tell him, here's what's wrong. Uh, <laughs> usability, I don't like the usability. Um, it's become just a place for people just to blast out links. I'm even guilty of it too. Um, back when I was on Twitter, back in 2009, I would say before Justin Bieber got there, that's when he, he kind of ruined it for everybody. But there used to be like a core group of people in Vancouver that used Twitter. And it was like, if you go to a networking event, you would recognize them. It's like, we were the Twitter crew, right? We're like, we were the ones in the know, you know? Uh, yeah. Whereas now, it's like everyone's got a Twitter. Everyone kind of half-ass uses it. Uh, you know, so there's not a lot happening in, in terms of, I think, uh, real value creation that's happening in Twitter. I really love that uh, Jack Dorsey's back. And, I, I, you know, anyone who's listening um, now, you may have heard, like, he's now trying to ask forgiveness, forgiveness from developers because uh, what Twitter did was uh, basically everyone was using their API to build really cool tools. It's a very open platform when it first started, and then they started competing with all the developers and cutting off access to their API, uh, and then trying to build everything in-house, basically. Um, and uh, that kind of started around the time they bought TweetDeck and, and all that kind of stuff. So that was kind of when everything went downhill, because Twitter used to be such an open platform, a place for communication, and then they closed it off, and they, I guess they tried to profit um, off of all that conversation that was happening, and then the conversation just kind of died. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens now in the coming years with Twitter. I would love to see Twitter go back to its roots. Uh, but at the moment right now, I mean, you can still use Twitter. It's just that I'm just finding people are not really engaging the way it used to be. It used to be you'd walk into like a cocktail party and everyone's kind of having conversations. You jump into a conversation and you're, you're greeted there, welcomed and, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas now it's just like, read this article, click on this link, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that, that's it, you know, so yeah, there's no real, no real value in there. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, and and I've been turned off by it. Um, yeah, and to, to, I, I, I use Twitter. Um, I, I've in fact over the last sort of two months, I've kind of rallied on it to give it another shot, but it, it, it doesn't hold a candle to these other networks, including the new ones that you were referencing there. Yeah. Now let's. Um, we've talked about audience. Now I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump ahead, and then we'll come back. Uh, let's talk about engagement. Okay. Um, because I think engagement is something that uh, 
a lot of new businesses screw up. You know, I mean, they they build a platform and they just sort of hammer away at it with links and and uh, noise that people eventually just begin ignoring. So, uh, what's your advice on engagement? How do you approach engagement? You know, differently than that that the average guy out there that's just effectively annoying their audience. So I have this theory, and it's called uh, creating your own reality show, right? Called the reality show method. And basically, your social media is your life, right? And the more that you can emulate who you are in the real world online, the more success you're going to have with it. So people make fun of and joke about how people will like basically do humble brags, right? Like, oh, look how cool I am. Or hey, I just climbed the mountain and they take a picture, you know? Or mm-hmm. they're out with friends and they just take a picture with all their friends having fun, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. And people make fun of that. But that is what makes a great social media profile, right? Again, making people think that you're cool, right? Um, and so I actually embrace that. And sometimes I want to go out and do cool things. You know, I might be tired. I don't really want to go out, whatever, you know? But then I'm like, wait a minute. If I go, I can take a picture and then I'll post it on Facebook <laughs> and everyone will think I'm cool. You know? So it's like kind of in the back of my mind, I'm kind of like, I haven't made a cool post on Facebook for a long time. Better go out and do this cool thing, right? Yeah. And I'm kind of saying this half joking, but, you know, it's kind of true, right? And so I really embrace that and I think that it's actually making the world a better place. I honestly believe that social media makes the world a better place because it's getting, especially young people but also you know, older people as well, they want to have cool things that they can post, right? They want to go out and do cool things and they want their friends to think they're cool. Right. I mean, besides marketing, right? We're just, you know, just with teens and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's true. We all want to kind of be loved, right? Mm-hmm. And so I really embrace that. So even on the business side of things, right? You're talking about how do you create engagement on a Facebook page as an example. You know, talk about things that are happening in your business, the the reality show of your business. Like you're not going to talk about the bad things, right? But you do want to have some kind of dramas that are happening and they do happen in your life, right? Um, and if, again, if it's going to make you look bad, you're not going to share it. But uh, if it's something funny or something people can relate to, that's what's really going to uh, create a lot of engagement. And also, it's kind of telling your story, right? We all know the importance of storytelling. And every time you take a photo or make an update and you're telling a little story about something that happened in your life, whether it just be a small little experience, a little exchange that happened, somebody you met, um, you know, a deja vu, uh, whatever, right? Those all kind of add up to your story. And, and I remember one time I was just out and there was like someone who had I hadn't talked to on social media for years, I don't know, and just approached me and was like, oh, how was your trip? And oh, you know, like they just knew everything about me and we're having this conversation <laughs> as if, you know, we've talked over the last, you know, whatever, five years or so, you know? And I was kind of smiling. I kind of thought it was funny because some people might get freaked out about it and be like, oh, that's weird. That person was spying on me and never commented or talked to me about it, right? But it's natural, right? And that's kind of what, what we're living in now. And I think a lot of people get scared of it or think it's weird and, and I embrace it. I think that it is in fact, going to make your life a lot more funner and also create a really great brand for businesses. Yeah, and and uh, I would echo that. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, and, and this comes back, you know, what I've, I've always told people is, look, Facebook or, or social media is about people. And people are interested in people. And so you need to have that human element to it. And I think the mistake I see so many people, businesses make, is they're – they're speaking from a brand. They're not speaking from a voice and a person. And there's no personality behind it. There's nothing. So I like your reality show 
uh, analogy method because, you know, that's effectively what it is, right? I mean, obviously, you're filtering and controlling what you're releasing. Um, but yeah, the p- people are going to engage with you. They're going to get to know you. And uh, when they feel like they know you, that creates a whole different, you know, relationship. And, and I see that as well when I go out to, you know, speak at different events and stuff and people come up to me and they talk to me about my family or my kids. And I'm like, I, I've never met you, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't, you know, and, and it, at first it is, it does feel a little bit on the creepy side. Um, but uh, but to have that uh, that powerful platform to create these personal relationships on mass is huge. Uh, so that that that's um, that's massive. And, yeah, the, uh, the, they say the fastest way to build a relationship with someone is to find things you have in common with them. Right. Yeah. So the more that you're talking about the things that you're interested in, people will say, "Well, I'm interested in that too." And now you you know you're creating things in common with with people in your network, right? Whether you like hiking or you really love this chicken sandwich, you know, whatever, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. All that stuff, you know. Some people just love pictures of food, right? I hate pictures of food, but some people love <laughs> pictures of food, and you see it. People share it all the time, right? Yeah. Um. So all these things that some people think are annoying, or why would I share that? Why would anybody care? It's because you're finding things in common, or your network is finding things in common with you. Yeah, yeah. for sure, absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about audience, we've talked about engagement. So out of the ACE formula, we've got the A and the E, but we skip C. So let's let's take a step back and let's talk about. Um, conversions. And uh, you've recently become a certified ClickFunnels consultant. And uh, I'm a big fan of ClickFunnels. Now, um, let's talk about conversion. And, and, and in fact, let's, let's take a step back and let's talk about conversion from social media. Because, you know, for anybody that's been around for a while, we went from, I guess, the old guard of conversion of, you know, you had emails, you had referrals, you had search traffic, you had paid ads where people were actually out searching and they were coming to your website with fairly clear intent. But now we have social and social is a bit of a different beast. So, you know, give me your take on conversion from social leads. So what I find is, I mean, with, with Facebook, right, um, running ads, like what I would do, like most strategies with businesses, you, got, like you basically have two choices on Facebook. What you can do is you can run ads to grow your fan base, post on your Facebook, I recommend every 48 hours, um, turn your posts, all your posts into an ad. I recommend $1 for every 1,000 fans you have to, in order to reach all your fans to get the most amount of engagement. And then you run ads to your fans only with offers. And now your offers are going to be basically liquidating offers. So you shouldn't be profiting off of the initial offer. Um, it should just be basically a break even. So you can break even on your ad spend, get the lead, get them into your funnel. So that's one model that's been working with Facebook and social media for, for a long, since the beginning, I would say. But now with uh, newsfeed ads, they get really high click-through rates. Um, they've actually been, you know, I think, pretty well adopted inside of the Facebook platform. When they first started, everyone hated them. This was marketing them as spam and that kind of thing. But they're working now. And now you can actually just run ads directly to people who might be interested in your offer. You don't even have to grow a fan base anymore. But what I have found is that you get a, a much lower cost uh, per click and per conversion if you're targeting your fans only. right? So it would be like grow your fan base, engage your fan base, then convert them, or just go directly to, to the offer. Uh, which is what a lot of marketers do and most marketers are doing. And that's really just advertising, right? You're no longer really doing social media, right? You're not really growing an audience and engaging them, that sort of thing. You're just running ads, hoping they'll click and go to your sales funnel. 
Um, and then, you know, once you get to that kind of like how do you create that great offer, right? Um, I, you know, you always want to just create a lot of value in, in an offer and, you know, give away as much value as you can for what's going to be perceived as a good amount of value for, for your prospects. So as an example, what, what I've done and I didn't even realize I was doing was with the meetups being you know $10 a meetup and I was promoting meetups just trying to get people to my events. And then from the events, they would then learn about other things that I was doing in my business and I would just do that through email. I had no actual sales funnel. I was just kind of doing it. Right, but that'd be an example of like here's a great event. It's very low cost. It's every week. There's a high frequency of it. There's always a different one happening. Um, that was kind of what what I ended up doing. Okay, so now let's uh, let's break this down. I always like to do this for the audience for the listeners here. So we take somebody off social. Okay, so well, actually, let's say step step number one is to get people to become a fan to like your page. Yeah. Right. So that's step number one. Yeah. And then once they become a fan, now step number two is to start advertising to them a self liquidating offer. Exactly. Okay. So, and for everybody listening, basically what that means is you're going to offer something. It's not about making money. It's about covering your ad costs, getting that first conversion, taking that relationship to the next level. And now after that self liquidating offer, do you, do you have a, um, any advice on the next steps, what that looks like, time, frequency? It really depends on uh, different businesses and their model. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the people listening have probably you know heard about Ryan Dice's model around the machine, right? Where mm-hmm. you basically have what's called a lead magnet. People opt in for this free thing. Then you automatically make uh, what's called a tripwire, which is basically your liquidating offer. Same idea, and um, and that's going to be something for you know usually seven dollars, ten dollars, could be twenty dollars, you know something like that. And that's basically covering your ad costs. I actually heard uh, Perry Belcher do a talk at the last uh, ClickFunnels conference, and he was saying how they have so many people opting into their lead funnels that they don't even email them and follow up with them unless they uh, buy something from the tripwire. So they focus only on emailing people who have actually bought something, their actual customers. Wow. And it was an interesting psychology to think about it, right? It's like focus only on the people who are willing to pull their credit card and pay you, even if it's just you know $5 or $7, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people get scared about asking for money because they're like, "Well, why would people pay for this information or this thing or this, you know, whatever it is?" Um, because they could just Google it. You know, I actually had one time I was running an ad. I remember when some guy left a comment like, "Why would anybody pay for your workshop? They could just Google it. It's all free information." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I guess you could also not go to the doctor and self-diagnose yourself. And just, <laughs> what are you talking about, right? So I was like, sure, right? But you know, so people will pay. And what's interesting is that when people pay something, even if it's just a little amount, right, they value it a lot more, right? Um, yeah. I even had, like, for example, like a free video. I want people to just watch a free video, but I got them to opt in to watch a free video, even though it's so much easier to say, hey, here's the video, go watch it on YouTube. But it was like a 30-minute video, and I wanted to make sure they'd watch it. So I got them to opt in for it because now there's a little bit more perceived value in it. They've done one step to say, yes, I want this. Right? They've confirmed to themselves that they want it. Now, if I would have charged them for it, then they definitely would have watched it. I actually also did this with my webinar replays. I was uh, Instead of giving out the webinar replay for free, I said, hey, you can attend for free or buy the replay for $10. And I knew that if they bought the the replay, they would watch the video. And it was a high value video, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a sales pitch. So, so I think that's kind of the psychology behind that. Now, after they they take the tripwire, 
then you could do what's called a, a you know a, a one-time offer, or um, you know even go right into your core offer, and that's where you'd have something for maybe a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars. Some people even go up to five hundred dollars for that next step, um, and that's you know. But you know, in, in these examples, I'm talking a lot more around the info marketing thing. I, mm-hmm. I think, uh, but this also works with, with uh, physical products as well. Um, having physical products that are also you can just break even based on the sale point uh, that you can sell it for as well. So that's kind of one model that um, you know I recently really got into it. I love it, and that's the machine. If anyone's kind of wants to look in, look into it, um, what's interesting? What I've been doing uh, for years is I didn't have a sales funnel. I didn't have the extension model uh, as they call it. Uh, for years, I've just gone. Uh, to because I do a coaching program, and so I go from an ad to a video, and the video, uh, this particular video, was uh, 13 minutes long, and then to an application form, and from the application form, I then read the applications, and then I schedule calls with people who I think are qualified for the program, give them a call, and then see if it's right fit, and they will sign up or not sign up over the phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the last, I don't know, three years, I've been running my business off of this one funnel, which was just a video, an application, an application, and a phone call. Uh, right. So there's different kinds of kind of what you call like a funnel based on different kinds of businesses. Right? Yep. Um, so. Okay. Well, so first of all, we're we're, we're now uh, we're running out of time, so I want to wrap this up and. Um, you know, one of the things though I want to highlight that I think you've you've done really well is I've been listening and picking through here that um, so many web businesses don't get right, and that is mixing your online and human touch. You know, I mean, I'm hearing it in your sales funnels. You know, your your you know through your application closes, having people calling for your higher ticket items, through your meetup groups and stuff like that. And and so for everybody listening, you know. We get into web businesses and a lot of people get stuck in the, hey, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to have human contact. But I think that's a real limiter in in business. And if you're willing to step out there and start meeting people and leveraging these platforms and, you know, it, it, adding that human touch like Matt has, you're going to see a, I think you're going to see a, 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 a big growth in, in areas where you may have been struggling because you're going to have a lot more engagement with your audience, a lot closer relationship with those customers. So You end up uh, just having a ton more conversions, right? Because when you add yeah. that human touch, even when you have a small audience, it costs a lot of money to get a lot of traffic and to you know, and, and to do it that way, right? But if you get a very high conversion on a very small amount of people, um, then you know you can easily build a six-figure business. I think within a year, just by kind of talking to people, getting in front of people, that sort of thing. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Matt. I want to once again thank you so much for taking the time today and, and sharing so generously. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. And uh, oh, and Matt, before we go, I, I almost forgot to ask if people want to learn more about you, learn more about your certifications and stuff like that, where do they find out more? Uh, webfriendly.ca. And that's where you can learn about the Internet Masterminds meetups. And uh, we have a library now inside the membership site with, I think there's like 60 videos in there. Um, each video focuses on a very specific internet marketing strategy and it's organized by the ACE formula, right? So there's over a dozen videos just on how to grow your audience and tons of videos on conversions and a ton of video on how to just get more engagement. Um, and then there's the SEO director and social media director programs, uh, which are both starting up in the next couple of months. Awesome. Fantastic. All right, Matt. Thank you. Awesome. 
All right, everybody. And uh, if you missed any of the links or URLs that uh, we talked about here, and I think we probably mentioned a whole bunch, um, no worries because they will be posted in the show notes at entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast where you will find this interview. And uh, once again, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I sincerely hope you guys took away some value and, and more specifically, some real practical strategies that you can start applying to grow your businesses online. And once again, if you did like this, please leave us a rating or review at iTunes. And if you're an Android user on SoundCloud, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you very much, everybody. And we will see you in the next episode. You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, where we aim to simplify online business so you can make more money. 